Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. city of Jerusalem was packed, bursting at the seams. Faithful Jews from near and far had been arriving for days, and more and more travelers were gathering in the city, seemingly by the hour. Why? Well, to celebrate, to commemorate. Passover was at hand, the high holy feast day for God's people, when they remembered how their ancestors centuries before were slaves in Egypt under Pharaoh. When they remembered how they cried out to God in their chains and the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of the covenant, heard their cries. He heard the prayers of his people. And he answered. He brought them out of bondage with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. He broke their bonds. He loosed their chains. They were free, redeemed, all by his power, all by his hand. During Passover, God's people made pilgrimage to the capital, to Jerusalem, to celebrate, to commemorate, and remember this mighty act of salvation, redemption. But they also longed for the Lord to act again. They also longed for the Lord to free them again, to rescue them again, to break their bonds in the present. Now, yes, they were in their own land, but their land was ruled by foreign occupiers, the Romans. Their land, Israel, was part of the great Roman Empire, but they wanted to be free, liberated. It was the time of Passover. Jerusalem was packed. Excitement and anticipation were in the air. Devotion and longing were in the heart. And Jesus was coming. On the way, just a few miles outside of Jerusalem, near the small villages of Bethpage and Bethany, Jesus stopped. And he sent two of his disciples, two of his followers ahead into the village, and he sent them there with very specific instructions. He said that upon arriving, they would see a colt. They would see a young donkey upon which no one had ever sat. And they were to untie it and they were to bring it to him. He also told them, if anyone asks you, what are you doing? If anyone says, hey, don't touch my colt. Simply answer, the Lord has need of it. Jesus need of it. The ministry of Jesus was marked by simplicity. Poverty. He had nothing. No possessions. He only had the clothes on his back. Yet yet all things belonged to him. All of creation was his because Jesus is the eternal son. And before he was born to Mary, before Christmas, before he took on flesh and grew in her womb, before time began, Jesus was. For the son is God, just as the Father is God and the Spirit is God, ever three in one. 
And through him, through the Son, the Father created all things. The Son was the instrument of creation. So though he had nothing at all, all things belong to Jesus. He created it. And this includes you, your life, your breath, your gifts, your talents, your time, your possessions, your money. They're not really yours. They belong to Jesus. You're gifted them by the Lord. You are given temporary use of them, which makes you a steward. A steward is, is one who takes care of another's possessions. So consider, consider what you've been given. Consider your life. No, it's not perfect. But consider how you've been blessed. And of your blessings, especially those you hold on to the tightest, ask, does the Lord have need of it? It is, after all, his. Does he need it? Does he need it for his kingdom? Does he need it for his mission? Do you need to untie it? Do you need to bring it to him? The Lord had need of a colt. Jesus wasn't going to walk into Jerusalem. He was going to ride as king. And those with him, those around him, those following him, those accompanying him recognized it and their actions showed it. Once his disciples brought in the colt, once Jesus mounted the colt, once he started riding toward Jerusalem, Mark tells us this is what they did. They spread their cloaks on the road. They lay their outer garments before him. And they also spread branches, palm branches that they had cut from the fields on the road, all just like a carpet to welcome a king. Now, this had happened before, centuries before, to another king. Our Old Testament reading was from 2 Kings, 2 Kings 9. These were dark days for Israel. Ahab the king, along with his wife Jezebel, had been faithless. They had allowed the worship of idols. They had promoted the worship of idols. And though he was dead, though Ahab was dead, his son was doing the same. And the Lord was not pleased. So he anointed Jehu, Jehu, commander of the army, to be king of Israel, king over his people. And when they heard the news, when they heard the news of this anointing, the officers, the commanders of the army, they laid down their cloaks. They cast down their garments on the ground, a sign of obedience, a recognition of authority to the one before him, a carpet for the new king to walk on. And they cried out, Jehu is king. Well, they laid down their cloaks for Jesus, palms for Jesus, carpeting the road. And they cried out, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Now, this Hebrew word, Hosanna, is an acclamation. It's a prayer. It means save or save us. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This, this cry, this, this prayer is from Psalm 118, which was our call to worship this morning. It's one of the Hallel Psalms. 
praise psalm, Psalm 113 through 118, which were traditionally sung at Passover, traditionally prayed at Passover, that this particular line of Psalm 118 is understood to refer to the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the long-awaited God-promised King of Israel, who would come in the name of the Lord saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's like saying, Jesus is king. When they say it to Jesus, it's like saying, Jesus is king. So at Passover, outside of Jerusalem, was celebration in the air, longing in the heart, Hosanna on the lips. There he was. The king, the Messiah, riding on a colt, riding on a donkey, riding to Jerusalem. Now, just just imagine being there. I mean, the entire city was filled with an electric atmosphere. And then seeing Jesus and wondering, is God answering the cry, Hosanna? Is God answering the prayer, Hosanna? Is this the Messiah come to free? Is this what our hearts have longed for? Well, listen to verse 11 again from our Mark reading. This is, this is what Jesus does when he arrives. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, it was already late. He went out to Bethany with the 12. So what did Jesus do? Did he claim the throne of Jerusalem? Did he declare himself as king sent by God? Did he try to rally an army from all the great crowd that was there in Jerusalem? Did he raise a call to overthrow the Roman government? Did he enter the temple and seek the support of the priests and the blessing of the priests? And what do you, in in his kingship? No, Mark tells us that Jesus did nothing. He looked around and he left. Now, just just imagine the various reactions of those who were there with him, those who watched him, the the murmuring, the confusion, the relief, the anger, the tears. You probably would hear remarks like, "But, but I thought that he would. But I hoped that Jesus was gonna. Or I told you. I told you he wasn't gonna do anything. Well, this is, this, is, this is like going to a football game, going to the game you've been, where celebration is in the air and longing is in the heart and out comes the team and they look around and they leave. Well, they actually played the game, but it may have been better if they had just come out and looked around and went back to the lockers. Well, that was Jerusalem when Jesus left, at least for some Those who proclaimed Jesus as king, welcomed him as king, were wrong. And they were right. Both. Jesus is king. He is the long-awaited, God-promised Messiah, the Christ, the blessed one who came in the name of the Lord. He was the answer to the longing of their hearts, the answer to their prayer, Hosanna, They were right to lay down their cloaks. They were right to lay down their palms to welcome him as conquering king. But they're also wrong. 
wrong in their expectations, wrong in their assumptions about his kingship, about his reign, his rule, his power. Yes, they longed for a Messiah to rescue. They longed for a Messiah to break bonds, to free. And Jesus had come to do exactly that, just not the way they thought. Not the way they wanted. That's why he entered Jerusalem in triumph and did nothing. That's why he entered the temple and only looked around. For the road of this conquering king was through a different path. Namely, rejection and suffering and death. This king would be crowned with thorns. This king would be enthroned upon a cross. And this king's rule would be marked by the power of love. Selfless, sacrificial love. A love willing to suffer and die. A love willing to suffer hell and die for the world. For you. And by that suffering and death and through that love, this king has conquered. He's overcome enemies, not the Romans, but far greater enemies, enemies not of flesh and blood, enemies that have a far greater hold over life, over your life, your heart, your mind, your soul, your being. Sin and death and the evil one. These enemies have been conquered by the king. He came to rescue. He came to redeem you. Believe in him. Put your faith in him. Receive him and be free of the power of these enemies. And Jesus was not the king that they longed for. He was not the king that they wanted, but he was the king that they needed. He's the king that you need. Now, maybe you have had or maybe you have or have had your expectations, assumptions about Jesus. Maybe you have welcomed him as king, received him as king, but wondered why he seemed to do nothing. It seems as if maybe he came and looked around and left. Why didn't your health get better? Why didn't your relationships mend? Why didn't your struggles disappear? Why didn't the pain go away? Why wasn't the path perfectly clear? That's what you wanted. That's what you longed for. That's what you wanted this king to conquer. Look, he's he's not the king you want. He's the king that you need. And this king does not promise to make your life perfect right now, right away, your way. He does not promise to remove all suffering because that's his way. And if that's the king's way, we must follow the king that way. But this is what he does promise. He promises you forgiveness. He promises you life. He promises to transform you from the inside out, to give you a new heart. And if he can do that for you, He can do that for your family. 
He can do that for your community. He can do that for the city. He can do that for this nation. He can do it for the world. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. The king answers that prayer. The king of kings answers that prayer. Jesus has come to save. Riding on a colt. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 